I'm Greg, and you're listening to Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. Totally Preventable. So, Polly, how you doing? Good, thanks, Greg. How are you? I'm all right. Ready for another great podcast. We've had some good ones lately. We have. We have. I think all of them are, have been good. Yeah. I'll tell you the bad ones when we're not recording. <laughs> 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 you can write to Polly at <laughs> no, but you know, on a serious note, with the numbers of um, impaired driving for Rhode Island, the data, uh, I think today this this podcast is dropping right on time. We're having uh, the program director Wesley Pennington oh. from Mad, yeah, uh, coming on today, and hopefully we're going to give us some insight about the the work that they're doing. All right, good. Who do you think our biggest offenders are? I don't know. I would think now, I don't know if it's because we're in uh, our age demographic for most of the social hosts and uh, uh, marijuana and everything else. So I would say 16 to 19. That's mm-hmm. what I'm going to guess. Yeah. What about you? What would you guess the biggest offenders are? Yeah, probably young people. Yeah. I don't know. I feel so. like young people are catching on though, and they have more tech stuff available to them and stuff. But yeah, something we'll have to figure out. Yeah, a lot of bad decisions being made, but it's part of being a young person. That's how you learn. That is, you're yeah. very, you're very right. Yeah, I just hope that it, um, I remember Mad, but I remember Mad from way back. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious to see what if it's the same or if it's uh different than, than how I remember. Right. And I don't think Wesley's a mother. No. So that's another good point. Right. Okay. Who knows? <laughs> All right. So we soon will see. Yeah, Without yeah, further see. ado. <laughs> Joining us today on our totally preventable podcast, we have Wesley Pennington, the program director for the state of Rhode Island and the Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Wesley, how are you today? I'm doing really well. I appreciate you guys having me on the show and I I'm excited about this. All right. Well, we're excited to have you for sure. So to start off, as we normally do, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, sure. Uh, I um, retired in December from the Brown State Police while I was a sergeant, uh, and I worked for the state police for 28 and a half years. Uh, prior to that, I was a police officer in the town of West Ward for two years. So I had a total of uh, 31 years in law enforcement um, prior to becoming the program director here at Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Uh, I'm kind of a man that wears many hats. I'm an ordained pastor. Um, I've written two books. I have a men's ministry that I run as well. Uh, So I'm kind of busy with a lot of things. I'm a husband. I'm a father. So I'm kind of a really busy, uh, busy guy. And I like being busy. That's good. That's good. Um, For those people who don't know what MAD is, um, could you give us a rundown of what MAD is all about? Absolutely. So uh, MAD uh, is the... Um, what do they call it? The it, it stands for Mothers Against Drunk Driving, mm-hmm. uh, and it was established in the 1980s, where uh, a mother who had a, a child killed uh, by a fatal car crash started this organization. And since then, it has grown to be a nationwide um, organization. Uh, we have uh, Mothers Against Drunk Driving um, affiliates in most states within the country. Um, and it's really about getting the messaging out there about, you know, not uh, advising people not to drink and drive, 
to really be aware of um, what they're doing and who they're getting in cars with, and also to support uh, the victims when we do have these fatal car crashes. And to, to let you guys know, these fatal car crashes are 100% preventable. Mm. How was the transition from state police to Mothers Against Drunk Driving? Yeah, so it, it, for me, it was a smooth transition because um, as a trooper, um, a sergeant for the state police, I ran our traffic safety unit, which was um, developed in 2019 to go out and just um, look for impaired operators. So I was already in a situation where I was dealing with alcohol, I was dealing with impaired drivers, I was dealing with laws and um, dealing with getting messaging out there in reference to uh, encouraging people not to drink and drive, not to get behind the wheel compared uh, under any substance, uh, any controlling substance. Um, so for me, it was a, a natural transition. I already knew pretty much everyone that was uh, within this area that we work with and that we, that we uh, collaborate with. So it was a really easy transition for me. So um, one of the things you mentioned is getting the word out about not drinking and driving or driving under any substance. So um, how do you get that word out? How do you, I, I, I feel like young people today sort of know that message um, a lot better than young people when I was young, but um, I, I don't know if that's true or not, you know? I, well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, so in the country, um, the the problem demographic in the country is that 21 to 24 year old. Um, but for some strange reason here in Rhode Island, our demographic, our problem demographic is 30 to 50 year old white male. Uh, so what you're saying is actually true. It appears that here, at least in Rhode Island, our younger people are at least not afraid to call Uber or Lyft or taxi or get rights, some type of rideshare. Um, and, and our older people have gotten in the habit of probably, you know, have done it in the past and continue to do it. So that becomes our problem area here in Rhode Island. Now, just piggybacking off of that, do you, when it comes to your organization, in organizations like-minded with you, should the focus ever leave the youth, or how do you how do you put focus on your problem area but not let up on on the youth? Because obviously something must be working. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. So what we do is we still we're still um, messaging for the youth, um, but we're also now strategically targeting that demographic. Uh, so we're looking at areas where we can maybe go in and speak uh, to businesses, to companies, to uh, military, to police agencies, all over the place, mm -hmm. wherever that demographic, we find that demographic to get that messaging out while at the same time, still talking to our 21 to 20 to 30 year olds in reference to still being like-minded in reference to you know not getting behind the wheel impaired. And the messaging has gotten a lot better over the years. So I, I think that's why we probably see this, this split in Rhode Island, um, because our messaging has gotten out. Um, but, you know, an interesting stat, uh, data point for you is that most people drive impaired 80 times before they encounter police. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that number being true, then we, that would make sense that our demographic is an older group, uh, because They've been out there, they've probably done it 
a few times and it hasn't hurt them or affected them in any way, and they continue to do it. And unfortunately, um, one of two things eventually happens either they crash uh, and hurt themselves or someone else, or they run into law enforcement and they get arrested and charged for it. That is such an eye opening stat. 80 times before they encounter law enforcement. I wonder if, uh, I don't know. I always think of people. So if you, let me interrupt, but so if you think about it for a second, on a given Friday night or Saturday night, say between the hours of midnight to three in the morning, if we lined up a police officer at every exit along the highway of 95 south through the Connecticut border, um, we would not have enough to stop every car. What? <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, right? Yeah. We would not have enough law enforcement to stop heavy interrogation. That sounds crazy, but it's true. It does. That it does. sounds scary. This is when, like, why I, when my kids who are young adults, when I'm worried about them driving, and they're like, "Mom, I'm a good driver, right?" You know what? And I'm like, "I'm not really worried about your driving. I'm worried about everyone on the roads driving." Wow. Yeah. Oh. Now, now add the added. You know, uh, legalization of marijuana, mm. and that adds a whole nother um, area where you're going to add more numbers to that. Right. What do you say to people who say, um, I just read some comments about this. Oh, smoking pot and driving is no big deal. It just makes you um, more cautious. You drive a little slower. You're more tuned into what's going on. You're actually safer. That's what I've heard. Yeah. So one of the, one of the areas in, that I was involved with state police before I retired is I was what's called a, a DRE. I was actually a DRE instructor, which is a drug recognition expert. So these are special trained officers that go out to detect someone who's impaired under anything other than alcohol. So that that rumor yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is, um, is totally false, totally false. Uh, I'm here to tell you right now, that it's the total opposite of what's going on. See, when we're smoking uh, marijuana on the outside, we look calm, we look relaxed, we look in control. But the reality of it is, is that on the inside, our body's racing, our pulse is high, everything is going fast on the out on the inside. While on the outside, we look calm and relaxed. And the the problem is, is when you have to do multiple things at one time, which is what you have to do when you're driving a vehicle, um, that becomes a problem someone that's high on marijuana. Now, you mentioned that you are the program director for the state of Rhode Island. Can you tell us about some of the programs that you, you are offering? Yeah, sure. Uh, we have, so we have um, our, we have a victim advocate whose primary job is to support uh, the victims of fatal car crashes. I mean, that's a, I mean, a huge area. I mean, getting the news that you lost a loved one in the middle of the night um, is the worst thing ever. Uh, so we have a victim advocate who helps uh, victims work through the process and work through the criminal system too. Um, we also, uh, we have law enforcement uh, liaisons where we actually work with law enforcement and, and help them in whatever area we can to get the messaging out there or to uh, talk with uh, defendants or whatever that may entail. Um, we also have, um, we have like walks and stuff that we do in order to um, just bring more uh, more messaging and more enlightenment uh, to people and everything that 
look at as, at the course of a year, um, we have certain points of the year where impaired driving is more prevalent than others. So we try to target those times of year in order to just kind of get the message out there and get people thinking uh, in those times not to drive impaired and not to get behind the wheel of the car. So there are actually times where these numbers spike, the impaired driving spike throughout the year? Absolutely. I mean, it's so like summertime is the, the whole summer is a big time, but 4th of July, you have in the summer, you have uh, Memorial Day weekend, you have Labor Day weekend, um, and then you get into um, you get into the holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's, uh, St. Patrick's Day, Super Bowl Sunday. So there's there's a lot of different times of the year where traditionally, uh, people have more to drink, or even those people that don't drink as much drink a little bit more, um, and then are subject to get behind a wheel. Mm. Mm. So, how does messaging, how your, how do your efforts change leading up to those times? Like with um, St. Patrick's Day around the corner, I know that over here in Newport, our St. Patrick's Day parade is is huge. How is messaging? How do you? introduce more messaging so it's not bombarding but it's right there in, in everyone's face yeah if 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 you if you kind of like paying attention you'll notice that um on these certain times of the year you'll see press conferences being made so we'll do a press conference where we're actually getting um leaders within the state to come together and, and just to put a message uh, a combined message out asking people to be more aware and to be careful and vigilant at this time of year. Um, also, um, we let them know that, hey, there's gonna be more patrols out there looking for you. Uh, there's gonna be you know, more media coverage on the whole aspect of it. Um, the, you know, Just the whole thing gets ramped up uh, much more during those times of year. And we try to get that message out there so that people know that, hey, you know what? If I gamble and get behind the wheel, there's a good chance that I could get arrested, that something could happen. So I'd rather not do that. And that's what we hope happens. Are you the people who help uh, DOT put the the signs up above the highway? Do you help them with no, that? No, they, they, that's their thing. They do oh. that. And... <laughs> They're pretty clever <laughs> sometimes. I'm like, right on. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, do you work with underage kids at all? I know you've talked about like 21 to 24 and uh, 30 to 50, but, um, you know. Once again, Strong Driving, we have uh, programs. Uh, we have a, a program called um, uh, the SMART program where uh, we target underage drinking. Uh, we have Parents and Me program uh, where we target um, younger people, underage people, and we try to talk to them about it before they get to a point where they can, you know, uh, get involved with alcohol or drugs. Um, and also the parent portion of it um, in how to work with them as well. Because right, just because you're not... We actually have a... Uh, yeah, we actually have a, a, a youth person um, that we work with called Youth Driven, and um, uh, Rebecca White, who, who heads that, and really target highway safety efforts in the high schools and the youth. Becky's a friend of the podcast. Yes, we've had her. <laughs> you know Becky. Program, uh, power of Parent, Power of Youth, Power of Me. Th those three programs. Power of Youth, Power of Me, Power of Parents. 
Yeah. Um, so those are all targeting uh, underage uh, juveniles and speaking to them about the topic of, of impaired driving and, and alcohol, and the dangers of it, so forth and so on. You know, also does a great program, has a great program is um, AAA. They do a program which is called the Blunt Truth. And they're actually in the high, high schools talking to high school students about the dangers of marijuana. So I've partnered with them as well um, to talk to high school students about what happens in the body uh, when you get high on marijuana and, you know, the dangers of that and, and the stuff that happens when you're driving and how your vision, you know, goes from, you know, um, way out here, way out the peripheral vision to getting really narrowed and how that's dangerous when you're driving in a vehicle. So, yeah, um, there's a lot of different programs that are targeting uh, our youth nowadays, which is very powerful. I can, um, I don't want to say I can barely drive my car because I drive, I'm a good driver, but there's a lot going in, on in cars nowadays. Like my car is like, oh, is someone in the back seat? Oh, it's too cold now. The radio is playing. The back windshield wiper is going for no reason. Mm -hmm. And to add, you know, some chemicals on top of that. A lot of distractions. Yeah, yeah I mean, just think about it. I mean, you, you mentioned those things. Those are, those are things that are outside the preview of driving. So mm -hmm. if you just look at what you have to do as a, as as an operator, you know, whether it's, you know, you're looking down the highway, you're gauging traffic and speed, you're trying to gauge your speed, you might have to change a lane, put a signal light on, change the lane, you know, all of that stuff is happening simultaneously. And um, when you're under the influence of alcohol or an impairing substance, that interferes with your ability to do two things at once. Um, and that's why they divided, um, they designed divided attention test in order to detect um, someone who's under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Hmm. Now, for for those listening who who may um, just be under the notion of the, the 1980s um, MAD, what is like the, the vision of MAD? Are you uh, no drinking, that's it, that's all? Or is it, you know, what is the overall mission and vision of, of MAD? Yeah, so, so Mothers Against Drunk Driving isn't against alcohol. Um, it's not illegal for you to have a drink. But it is illegal for you to get behind the wheel and drive a vehicle while you're under the influence of alcohol and or, or a controlling substance. So that's what Mothers Against Drunk Driving, that's, that's our mission, that's our, uh, our desire to stop that because it's those things that create victims. And our motto is no more victims. So we want to stop um, having or creating victims due to impaired uh, driving crashes. So um, in order to do that, you know, we want you to really kind of stop and prevent uh, getting behind the wheel while you're um, We actually have a national um, partnership with Anheuser-Busch, so it's not, it's not against alcohol. Because if you're 21 legal age, you can have a drink, um, but it's getting behind the wheel of a car and driving is the problem. That wow. partnership's awesome. I love it when we have local um, liquor stores that partner with us for initiatives because um, it means that you know they don't want young people drinking. They don't want people getting behind the wheel drunk. They, you know, you can enjoy an adult beverage if you're an adult. Um, just do it responsibly. Uh, absolutely, and, and you know, and if there's any. Liquor stores uh, that 
are listening and they want to partner with us and to help get this message out, we'll gladly sit down and speak with them. Um, because yeah, once again, it's, it's not about, we're not against alcohol, we're against driving the influence. And so um, obviously, I guess you're not just mothers against drunk driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, now uh, now the, the the organization has expanded uh, quite a bit. <laughs> you let some other folks in too. <laughs> so, for for a listener who, or you know, we're in this area, we have a lot of college, uh, a lot of college listeners, and some people who may be experimenting um, for for the first time with alcohol. Can you explain what impaired is and what it may look like? Someone may feel like, you know, oh, I feel okay to drive. But can you explain yeah. what it would be? Yeah. So, I mean, how much time do we have? What <laughs> <laughs> did you need? <laughs> so, we base impairment based on, and unfortunately, we haven't gotten this with marijuana yet, but with alcohol, we have what's called a BAC, which is blood alcohol concentrate. So, what that means is that in my system, there's a certain level of alcohol versus the other fluids that are in my body. So once that gets to a certain point, and scientifically and medically, uh, they've determined that this is a point when you're at a certain level. Now, the state of Rhode Island in the country actually has determined that that level is 0 0.08. Now, there's some states uh, that have even brought that lower uh, to 0 0.05. Um, there's some states in the process of trying to get it to 0 0.05. And I think the future um, will see a 0 0.05 uh, blood alcohol concentrate, which means basically um, one drink will probably get you over the limit. Um, right now, uh, it depends. It would, be hard, it would be hard for me to sit here and say how many drinks would get you there. Because there's a lot of factors involved. You know, how much sleep you've had, how much you've eaten, um, your size you know, how much water weight you carry. I mean, all of those different things come into play, um, but uh, it's not a whole lot to get you to point zero eight. So we have to be careful that that one more drink that I feel fine and, and I really feel good. Um, and that's the point when you probably want one more drink is when you get, you find yourself over the limit. And, you know, God forbid you go out and you get behind the little car and either get stopped by a police officer or a trooper or you crash, um, you're going to get charged and things are going to happen. Um, and, and here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing. Every single one of these, 100% of them, every single one. So it doesn't have to happen. And, and that's why for me, as a, when I was a trooper, you know, just kind of handling these fatal car crashes and having to respond to them and having to tell people the worst news they're ever going to hear in their lives, to me, it was just like this, this senseless, un, uh, totally preventable thing that continually happened that doesn't have to. No one has to get behind the wheel of a car and bear it. No one. They can tell, call a taxi. They can call a ride share. They can call a friend. They can just choose not to get in the car and walk. <laughs> There's a lot of other things they can do than to get behind the wheel of a car. Um, so when I come across these, when I have to deal with them, when I, when I, you know, have to sit and speak with victims, all that, you know, kind of runs in my mind 
is that, man, this, this didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if, if people would just kind of get that and listen and say, you know what, I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna do it. Um, we would see this totally cut out. Wow. Um, and here's the thing, it's, it's not this way all over the world. In other places, they're, they're in control of it. In other places, they don't have the amount of fatal crashes that we have here in America. So it can happen. It, it can be done. Um, we just have to um, come together, you know, um, as a community, uh, as, uh, as a, a nation, and, and say enough, you know. Um, I think for the longest, for the longest, um, people have just put it for law enforcement to handle it's a law enforcement thing they got to handle it you know get out there and arrest more impaired drivers but as you can see by the data point that is just not possible so what we have to do is it's a, it's, it's a village it's a community uh that has to come in and we have to take care of each other we have to look after each other and police each other and and really in order for this to happen that's what has to happen that's what i was going to say we need to be less afraid to tell our loved ones that you can't drive Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, or, you know, every family has that guy, right? I mean, every family has that guy. So, hey, so they have Uber gift cards now. They have Lyft gift cards now. You know, give them your number. Say, hey, I don't care what time of day it is. Uh, uh, you know, give me a call. If you find yourself in a situation where you're intoxicated, call me. I'll come and get you. Because I guarantee you that you would much rather get out of your bed at two or three in the morning to go pick someone up than to get a knock at your door. And someone tell you the worst news you're ever going to hear in your life. That's right. Um, we we sometimes ask our guests for a call to action, but I'm going to throw out a call to action for all our young listeners. I don't know how many we have, but um, <laughs> to uh, reach out to their older family members and friends and teach them how to use rideshare. Right. Um, I, that might be a barrier. Maybe they've never used it before. After a few drinks, isn't the time to really learn when to use a new app as a middle-aged person. Um, so reach out when everyone's sober and sitting around and show them how easy it is. True. True. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that we that we teach in driver's ed is we say, hey, even if you're not driving, if you get in a car and the driver doesn't have their seatbelt on, tell them to put their seatbelt on, right? So so the younger generation, they do have power to affect change here as well so you know you can actually i love what you said teach your older brothers parents grandparents how to use write your apps um you know don't be afraid to have those conversations with them right you know if you know they're going out to the, a club or to a party or to a celebration don't be afraid to say hey mom hey dad you know hey uncle uncle grandpa grandma you know hey let me ask you a question if you have too much to drink you have a plan to get home yeah you know what's the plan you know, um, so that, you know, just these conversations are being had. And I think it can come from the younger, it can come from the older, but as long as they're being had, I think we'll see a change, we'll see a difference um, in our fatality rate. Yeah, whenever I have young people in my car, my kids' friends, my kids, I never have to say, hey, um, will you buckle up? That's something that just is ingrained in them. But I have adults get in and my car is beeping at them. I'm like, hey, can you buckle up, mm. you know? It's it's uh, a little backwards. <laughs> I think it goes along with the point, Bill. You know, he's saying yeah. that a target demographic is 30 to 50 because they're so stuck in their ways. And I could see 
the the possibility or I could see the households who are afraid to have those conversations. They're mm-hmm. afraid to say, you know, well, yeah, Uncle Uncle Joe, he's that he's that guy who, you know, he, he always does it. He always makes it home. So yeah, and he's no gonna worry. be ornery and he's gonna be mad at us. And, right. Yeah. But it's it's that fear of having that conversation. How what advice would you give to families who who may be afraid uh, to mm. to speak to that friend or not even a family, but maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a, a you know, just someone in their lives, but they're afraid to have that conversation because they don't want to end that relationship. Yeah, I think my my question to them would be. How much do you love them? Mm. You because know, mm. if you truly love them, um, their life matters to you. Then you have to overcome that fear and have that conversation. Right. Yeah. So, Wesley, do you have a call to action for um, people listening? Do you have something that people can do right now to help out, Matt? Absolutely. Uh, you know, my my call to action would be: Hey, before you go out to any uh, bars and clubs and celebrations, make a plan. Um, again, it's not illegal to have a drink, um, but have a plan mm-hmm. so that if you find yourself in a situation where you've had too much to drink, you can get home safely. Um, and, you know, we don't have to tell your loved ones that you're never coming home or you don't spend the next few years in prison because of some disaster that's happened uh, simply because you decided to get behind the wheel. So make a plan. Have a plan. You know, uh, get rights share. Get write your apps. Uh, get loved ones' numbers. Get you know, have something in place because you know we're human, and sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes you know we just indulge and we don't realize it. But have a plan so that you can get home safely, and and take care of each other. You know, uh, part of the the major part of this, um, and the major part of the messaging is that we have to watch out for each other. Um, even if you're at a, a bar and you see someone else that you barely know that's had too much to drink and they're about to leave with their keys or whatever, you know, stop them. Tell someone in the bar, hey, or something, this guy shouldn't be driving. You know, try to prevent it, you know, without obviously causing things or something, <laughs> right? But try to prevent it. You know, if we police each other up, I think, I believe that we'll see uh, these numbers go down. And by the way, Rhode Island fatality rate is much higher than the rest of the country. Um, so we have an issue here in Rhode Island. So we need to do a better job. Wow. Do better, Rhode Island. Wow. You would think of the smaller state. Right. We, like, wow. I mean, you're just dropping some serious numbers on us today. And <laughs> there you, well, you, you could probably hear my passion for it, you know, um, because I, I, I just I just don't think that we need to lose any more people and have any more grieving mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts and kids um, because of something that doesn't have to happen. Right. Now for, for schools, for um, facilitators, for families, friends who may want to get more information about the programs and about the help that MAP provides, can you provide us with some contact information? Yeah, absolutely. So you can uh, you can reach us if you're on Facebook. In Madwood Island, we have a Facebook page. Uh, there's a national website, it's just mad, um, mad.com, and you can go there and you can just download any all the information that you need to know. It's all there, all our data points are there, and everything that you want to know is there as well. If you want to donate, uh, you can uh, donate through 
um, our Facebook page. You can donate through the national website, or you can send a donation to uh, Mad Rhode Island at PO Box 292-100 Washington Street, uh, Westport, Rhode Island 02893. Um, and you know we really appreciate that. That would go a long ways in um, helping to facilitate our victims and actually getting this programming out there because in the messaging out there, because as you know, uh, nothing is free. And you also have an event coming up. I think I saw. Did you see that at the printer? Is it the? No, I saw it on the, on their website. Oh. <laughs> yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Thank you for bringing that up. We have a bowling event um, that's on March 25th at East Providence Lane. Um, and if you want, if you're a bowler, if you just want to come out and help support, come out and have fun. You can uh, you can sign up. You can register. Go to our uh, Facebook page, and um, there's actually one of those uh, QR codes. Mm-hmm. Things uh, I'm older, so I don't. <laughs> those QR codes, uh, things that you can actually just scan and actually just download the registration, the registration to register for it. Uh, but we'd love to see you there, and we'd uh, really appreciate your support. Greg's got some bowlers in his family. Yeah, I got a few bowlers. <laughs> register up, Greg. Register up. <laughs> well, thank you so much for all this um, information, Wesley, and we hope it brings some. Um, some knowledge and some empowerment to people about, you know, learning to not drink and drive and just making a plan. And Yeah. Yeah. If I could, if I could throw my, my pastoral hat on for a second, you know, just, if, just love each other, you know, mm-hmm. uh, take care of each other, yep. watch out for each other. You know, uh, that's the key that, that would change everything. You know, if you really love your loved one, then have those conversations. You know, no matter uh, if it might make them angry or, or or what, you know, have it because you love them, you know, because you care about them. So, yeah. Thank you. Thanks so well, much. It was great talking to you. Thank you, guys. Take we'll care. All right. Bye-bye. I'm Polly, and you've just listened to Totally Preventable.